Hey everyone, welcome to Needlepoint Scoop. I'm your host, Mary Catherine, and this is the Needlepoint Podcast. And I'm so glad that you're here. So if you're new, welcome. If you're returning, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Um, you can find out more about me and this podcast at needlepointscoop.com. Tell your friends, and then you can talk about we can chat it up. You can talk about whatever I talk about. All right, let me tell you what we're going to talk about. First of all, I hope everyone's year is off to a great start. I hope uh, everyone has recovered from the holidays. I hope everyone is taking care of themselves and well and healthy, you know, all that jazz. Um, so, yeah, we're January 10th. Crazy. It's going to be February 1st before we know it. All right. There was an article in the New York Times uh, last year. So this is an article. I'm not going to read you the article, but this is an article from when I went down my rabbit hole from last week. But this was too good. We have to talk about this. Okay. This is another one of those knitting articles. But it applies totally to Needlepoint as well. So the article is Knitters Say Stitching Helps Them Follow the Thread in Meetings. All right. So an official... City council, not city, I guess a county council woman in Wales was at a meeting and it was a virtual meeting and she was knitting on the meeting and she got called out on Twitter, Twitter for it. Okay, a colleague was very critical and said that she was, you know, being disrespectful. She was, the quote is, or the, they use the words, into disrepute. She was knitting during this virtual meeting. And so this criticism that her colleague had for her while she was stitching during this county council meeting has created this debate, apparently, on Twitter. So says so this New York Times article from almost a year ago. The question is it is it appropriate? This article is about knitting, but let's talk about needlepoint. Is it appropriate to needlepoint during a work video call? What do you think? Is it rude? Is it appropriate? Is it fine? So this article goes on to say that a lot of knitters came to her defense because they were like, hey, no, I'm a knitter. Knitting sharpens my their attention, it sharpens their focus, even more so than they would be if they had idle hands, it says, okay? So what do you think? She goes on to talk about how this has helped her. She has chronic osteoporosis. She has... Um, other connective tissue disorders and it has, it helps her manage her chronic pain and helps by distracting her and it really helps her focus. Okay. And then the article goes on and talks about different people who are knitters and they talk about their different careers and what they do for their occupation and how knitting helps them focus and pay attention. And there's um, a quotation from a psychiatrist out of Harvard, Harvard 
that talks about how, um, yeah, okay, Associate Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, John Raddy, says these fine motor movement, this fine motor movement that is required in knitting, crocheting, doodling, using a fidget spinner thing, um, and I would add needle pointing, stitching, activates the same parts of the brain that are used as focus, and that these activities really do sharpen awareness. Now, other activities, he said, that, re that require too much concentration, like reading a social media feed or playing a game on a smartphone, he says, can push a person out of productivity and into unfocused multitasking. Can I hear it in the back? Can I get an amen for the unfocused multitasking? Familiar. Um, yeah. So you can be more attentive more attentive. No, no, no. More, not just the same, more attentive when you turn on that prefrontal cortex, that prefrontal cortex, if you're doing something like knitting, he says. The councilwoman goes on to talk about how workplaces should be more accepting of knitting as a method of focusing. Different people have different ways of managing tasks, focus, concentration, and getting the best performance out of themselves, she says. It's really important to embrace that diversity and understand it rather than to try and have some really retrogressive approaches, which have little imagination and only fit certain people who will fit inside a certain shape box. What do y'all think? Now, I, <clears throat> I sort of have strong feelings about this because I sort of do and I sort of don't. I mean, I'm conflicted, truly. Now, what she just talked about, about different people managing task and focus, really rings true for me. So I know that I learn differently than a lot of people learn. And so I am very sensitive to sometimes it appears that sometimes maybe I'm not focusing or maybe I'm not paying attention or um, I'm an auditory learner. So I listen a lot, but in meetings and things, sometimes it's challenging for me to um, use, it's, it's challenging for me to take notes because I'm distracted by the note taking and whatever. Um, in my handwriting, I'm blah, blah, blah. So, I often will not take notes. And I actually one time had a boss that was, I was in a new role and she was very critical of me. And one of my first meetings, she was like going to have a coaching session with me and tell me that I needed to start taking notes in meetings. And I took notes in meetings. I mean, I came prepared and I had a notebook and I had my pen and, you know, I was fitting into the company culture, right? We all had kind of like the same notebook. It was a little, it's a stretch to say it was devil wear Prada, devil wears Prada, but it was very, it was a um, company that had a very distinct company culture. It was very clear early on, you had to fall in line and do it the way that it was done. And, you know, I mean, so much so that like, 
everyone went and you had to get a cup of coffee or an espresso. You you had to go to the break room and, you know, get your bottle of water and your coffee and your notebook and your pen because we all took the same notebook and the same pen from the supply room, you know, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And um, I was young and new and knew that I needed to totally adapt. And I was able to do that. Um, so yeah, like I wasn't there trying to rock the boat or certainly draw attention to myself in a negative way, but I, and I took notes, but I did not take the length them, apparently the amount of notes that she took or the amount of notes that she thought that I needed to take. And essentially my whole point in this is that she really thought that I was not paying attention or that I wasn't it looked bad or I was going to be judged harshly by her boss. I mean, I don't know what she thought. I mean, I I do, but that's not what this is about. But anyway, she so much so that she like had a coaching session. I was like, you need to take notes. Don't, which was unnecessary. And it was really inappropriate because of the, yes, I was an adult and I knew I was, my product, there was no issue. It just didn't look the way she wanted it to look. I never forgot anything. I didn't know. Yeah, I knew what was going on. I was up on it. I was, there was no issues in my performance at all. She just didn't like the way it looked. And I had a really good reason for doing it the way that I, I mean, that was the only way that I, I I was going to have to do it my way. I'm dyslexic and I'm ADD, it's more about the dyslexia, right? So like, but I didn't, she put me in a situation where I felt like I had to defend myself. And I, not that I did not want to disclose my dyslexia or that it was a secret, but I'm certainly more comfortable talking about it now at 40, nearly 40. Yo, I'm going to be 40 this year. Um, <clears throat> I'm still like processing that. Um, Cause you know, it's like 2024, like the year is here. Yeah. So like, I'm obviously more comfortable talking about this now than I was, you know, when I was 25, but right. So I did, then I didn't feel like I wanted to, I didn't know how to have that conversation within me feeling like I was, I didn't need her pity. I didn't need any special, I didn't need anything from her. Right. Like I wasn't talking about a learning disability. I wasn't talking about any processing. Like I didn't need for her to change her behavior or, and I didn't need any more accommodations, but it felt like I did have to explain to her because she was my boss and I was trying to impress her. And I obviously was giving on the impression that I wasn't paying attention, which I certainly was. And I didn't want her to think that. So, and we were just getting to know each other. You know, I was new, she was new in the company. I was new in the company. She had never had a direct report before. So we were all trying to like navigate in this very, very competitive, toxic, uh, high stress, high intensity job and company. And so I get it. She was a little overwhelmed and, um, I guess she felt whatever, but anyway, so all of this to say, I get the point that like other people, different people have. So what really resonates is different people have different ways of dealing. So that's one thing. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, if I can knit 
if I can needlepoint and pay attention to your online meeting, I'm an adult. Like, you don't get to call me out for that. Um, like, kind of you do you. Let me do me. Stay in your lane. That being said, I certainly would not want whatever I'm doing to be a distraction to someone else or to, I mean, I do think perception is really important, right? And the, the impression that you give certainly matters, particularly in a professional setting. So I'm not going, you know, it's so funny because I've actually thought about this before. There's meetings and things I've gone to and I've been like, I would love to sit here and needlepoint. But that's a little obnoxious. Like, I don't want to talk about needlepoint. Like, I don't want to feel like I want people to ask about it. And this is even before, like, now I certainly wouldn't do that. Now that, you know, this is my career, this is business, and this is very much work for me. Um, and people know that. But even when I was not, this was not my job. It was just a hobby. I still was like, I don't want everybody, you know, I don't want like to talk. I don't want to talk about needlepoint. You know, I don't want people to say, what are you working on? What is that? How do you do that? My grandma used it. You know how that starts, right? You pull out needlepoint and then, and I can be pretty introverted, believe it or not with a pot shocking, but I am. And so it's like, I don't want to talk about that. So I just want to like pull my, slip my thing out of my bag and just, I want to talk to you. Just like, let me needlepoint. The same thing is true in like doctor's offices and stuff, you know, public places, airplanes. It's like, no, I don't want to talk to you about this. Just, I don't want to ask questions. Just zip it. I'm like trying to go back in my hole. I just want to sit here and needlepoint. And I don't want to talk to you about my needlepoint. I bet if I put earphones in, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, that would be it. But I don't, I don't have, you know, in public places, I have to know what's going on. I can't like zone out. I can't, I can't have earphones in. I can't have ear things. And I think I have like weird ears. And so it's sort of hurts. But anyway, all right. So the real, okay. So that's the question. What's the etiquette? Zoom. I don't think you need to be pulling out your needle point in an office. Yeah. In a face-to-face -face meeting. I think that's a little much. Um, but I think on YouTube, I mean, not YouTube, like Zoom, I don't know. What do you think? Do you do it? Do you like hide it? That's the thing, right? Like the guy says, okay, we're like hiding the scrolling. Like we look, we don't have a problem looking at our phone knowing that that zones us out and is a distraction. But where needlepoint actually helps us sharpen our focus are we worried about like, oh my God, we don't want them to see me needle pointing. It's so funny. Like the same thing. Like I've thought about that, like needle pointing in church, like, oh man, I could like totally needle point in some church, but I've never done that. Like, I don't think that would be, do you needle point in church? No. I don't know though. During that little sermon. Depends on which kind of church you go to or if you go to church or any type of like, I don't know. Okay. All right. Just thoughts. Let me know what you think. Is there etiquette to win 
and where you can needlepoint. And have you ever had someone, okay, I want to know this too. Have you ever had someone like in your family, someone you have a relationship with? So maybe a partner, boyfriend, spouse, parent, child, whomever, friend that has ever had like issues with your stitching or have said like, will you put that down? I don't feel like you're listening to me or I don't know. Like, tell me. Okay. I'm curious. This, the whole etiquette, rudeness, appropriateness of needle pointing fascinates me. And I want to know what you think. Um, the other thing that I will say that has happened to me recently, has this ever happened to you? So I'm stitching. No, I'm going to stitch. I sit down. I get everything all like I adjust my light on my, you know, the little, my end table. I get all covered up with my quill to put my feet up, get everything situated and ready. I stitch. I don't even finish a thread. I stitch less than 10 stitches. And I remember something that I have forgotten. I mean, it's like, boom, it just hits me. And it's usually something that I have forgot. There's urgency to what I've remembered. Or it's one of those things that I have to do it then or it's not going to stop. You know, you know, these things come to your mind and you're like, if I don't do this now, it's going to drive me crazy because I'm going to like keep thinking about it. So I'm like, I got to go do that thing. Or, oh, gosh, I forgot. One of the two. Run up, jump. Go do whatever I got to do. Respond to that email, make that phone call, whatever. Sit back down, cover myself up, get the light right. Penny the dog comes over. You know, we get situated. It's like, okay, now we're ready to stitch. Five stitches. Bam. Happens again. Oh, God. This has been happening so much. I don't know what this says about me. I guess I've. It has happened a lot recently, which is not surprising. With the holidays, end of the year, lots of stuff going on. Um, but I remember things when I stitch. And I can't, it's things I can't just be like, oh, yeah, and then continue on. I, like, have to do it then or it's going to drive me nuts. And so the other day it happened so many times I wasn't even able to stitch. And I remember saying to my dog, Penny, I'm not going to be able to get stitching done. Every time I sit down and stitch, I remember something that I've forgotten. And it just showed me what we're talking about, how when you're stitching, it does something to your brain. Those fine motor movements, that prefrontal cortex, whatever the doc is talking about in here. And it just um, helps. I mean, it just, it opens and it's almost immediately. As soon as I sit down, I just get a, I mean, it's not immediately because I actually have to start. It doesn't start until I start stitching, but I don't have to stitch a lot for whatever to happen to happen. Because as soon as I literally, truly, I don't get through a whole thread. You know, I'll get through half a thread. You know, whatever. Bam. Comes back. And this is what she says. Okay. So the, the councilwoman 
who got in trouble. She got, they shamed her on Twitter for knitting. Stop. She says she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't do that anymore. Despite all of the people who came to defend her on Twitter, um, <clears throat> fierce defenders of knitting, essentially saying, yo, chill out. Like it helps her focus. Like just cause she's knitting doesn't mean she's not paying attention. She's actually paying better attention than the rest of y'all who are not knitting. But she says, okay, so she goes on to say she doesn't knit in meetings anymore. She's like, let's not do that. But she says she does knit in smaller groups. Um, face-to-face -face meetings, actually. But she doesn't do it, uh, you know, in a public forum on Zoom. But she says, she goes on to say, okay, this is so great. No, it's even better. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I forget. Her little community, her little county, where all these people went nutso about her knit knitting, there was a group of people that started a little knitting group from this. And she has osteoarthritis. So they call themselves versus arthritis. So they like fighting. It's like knitting versus arthritis. And it helps them deal. How cute is that? But she says at the end here, there's a very, very smooth flow to it. Particularly when you're doing something very simple with it. Very smooth flow. Smooth, smooth flow. When you're doing something very simple. And this is why. I like basket weave because I want something really, really simple. It's that fine. You have to concentrate a little bit, but you don't have to concentrate too much. She says, so you're in this flow and it just calms your mind. It stops all of those little voices and ripples in your mind. There's just this calmness. And with that calmness comes this focus. I don't knit, but I need a point, my friend, and I couldn't agree more. And I'm so grateful for this beloved little hobby, for that calmness and for that stillness and for that smooth, smooth flow, because my life is better since Needlepoint has been in it. There's no question about it. Um, let me know what you think about Needlepoint etiquette. particularly in the workplace. Zoom. The Zoom thing is what? Let me know what you think. Um, if you have liked this podcast, if you like Needlepoint Scoop, I hope you tell your friends. Um, and if you, you don't like it, let me know. Um, yeah. I appreciate any and all feedback. Next week on Needlepoint Scoop, we have, from season one, she's coming back. Season two, we have Meg Fielder. Meg is the Needlepoint finisher on Instagram. Her business has blown up in the last six months. Um, she's everywhere, and she's finishing. She and I became friends, truly from last year. We've kept in touch and um, she's a lot of fun and she's really funny and um, she's going to come 
back next week. So next Wednesday, Meg Fielder, the needlepoint finisher, is going to be here, and she's going to be talking about all things needle uh, finishing. Um, from the point of view of a stitcher, what do you need to do? What do we? What can we do as stitchers? Um, and as a finisher, you know, she was a stitcher before she was a finisher. So anyway, we're just going to talk finishing. Um, and other needlepoint things. We're not just, we're just going to chat, chat. Um, we're going to talk, we're going to chat. We're going to talk, we're going to do the, talk about the needlepoint scoop. Me and Meg next week, next Wednesday. So if you have, this is all of this to say, you don't want to miss next Wednesday because Meg is going to be amazing. Um, bound to be a good time. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to chat next Wednesday. So if you have a question for Meg, all this to say, I've said that like three times. I know. If you have a question for Meg about anything, about needlepoint, about finishing, if you have a question for the needlepoint finisher, send me an email. Send me a direct message. Let me know. And uh, I want to ask Meg your questions, all right? You got it. If you want to know where to email me, you can go to needlepointscoop.com. And you can go to, like, contact us. And that will send you to my email. Or you can send me a direct message on Instagram at Mary Catherine Needlepoint. Thank you all so much for listening. I have the best time chatting about this stuff. Your engagement and your comments and your feedback. And it just... It warms my heart and it's such a privilege to be able to talk to you. And uh, yeah, this is really cool. So thank you so very much. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Stay well, stay dry, drink water, plenty of water, get a good night's rest. It's winter. We should sort of be hibernating a little bit. So like just hibernate, stitch as much as you can. Let me know what you want me to ask Meg. Tell your friends, and I'll see you next Wednesday on the Needlepoint Scoop. And let me know what you think about Needlepoint etiquette, stitching in public, stitching at work. Let me know what you think. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Until next time.